Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to another episode of Horse Hour. Again, we are going across the pond to the US of A. Uh, hello, Amy. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> good, thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I am so jealous of you. Look at that sunny weather. Oh, yeah. I was going to take you to the beach and do this, but I thought that'd be too much. <laughs> oh, it's not fair. Where are you based? <laughs> Uh, San Diego, California. Oh, there's me, like freezing cold, sniffing, you know, like, <laughs> trying to be all cozy. But I also have a down da- jacket on because I'm in the shade. So for us, you know, we're softies down here. So it is on the cold side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, not that cold. <laughs> No, no, no. Truthfully not. Another 10 minutes or so, half an hour, and we'll be in shorts and t-shirts. <laughs> so what have you been doing today? Uh, just getting warmed up to this occasion, you know, organizing things and just relaxing at the same time. First thing of the day is my coffee. Uh-huh. Priority. So have my, yeah, exactly. <laughs> my favorite place to be is my coffee shop. So that's the first start every day, no matter if I'm driving on the road to go see horses Early morning swing by. So, yeah. Okay, well, priorities. Um, let, we better tell everyone what your name is then and what you do, Maureen. It's Maureen Rogers. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> and um, now, I hope I get this right. I'm, I'm not very good at pronouncing, but we'll give it a go. So, it's Equine Cranial Sacro Consultant. Is that right? No, that was good. Equine Cranial, you say equine, we say equine, tomato with tomato. <laughs> equine Cranial Sacral Therapist or Consultant. It's basically a holistic therapy for horses um, where if you've got head shaking or any muscle aches and pains, any lameness, then you come along and say, okay, well, let's give this a go first. Can you explain a little bit more about what it is, Maureen? Yeah, cranial sacral. The thing about cranial sacral and the words speak what it is, cranial is the head, Mm -hmm. sacrum is the base of the spine, the last vertebral piece, you could say, besides the coccyx. So it focuses traditionally on that core structure, the head with the spine, with the sacrum. The beautiful thing about cranial sacral is it's one, one of the only therapies that addresses the head with the whole body Uh because we're not limited only to the head and the spine um, and the sacrum because the body's all connected. So the cranium, the head, human, horse, dog, is made up of 26 individual bones in the adult, animal, person, horse. So... Mm -hmm. You want to look at those relationships in with the whole body because they work together. There's no separation. Is this quite a new therapy? 
Uh, well, it was about 17, 18 years ago this year that I pioneered it over to the equine industry. Um, oh, wow. But it's been around in the human world. Yeah, it's been around in the human world. Oh, gosh, it goes back thousands of years. It used to be um, an Ayurvedic medicine bone setting. And present day, which the English are very well versed at in knowing about osteopaths. Mm -hmm. And it was in the early 1900s that an osteopath called it cranial osteopathy. And then it spun out in the 1970s by another gentleman here in the U.S. And he called it cranial sacral and trademarked it. And then it spun out into the human world on that name. And then we adapted it over with the horses. Well, it does. It does kind of make sense, you know, because when you when you're looking at the horses, um, I I know I don't know a lot, but I always look at the legs. So take this for an example, okay? So if the if I the, love that. Yeah. <laughs> if the back <laughs> if the back left leg if there's an injury from a riding accident or whatever that isn't caused by a, a puncture or a kick or if it's a strained yep. injury then nine times out of 10, it's going to affect the front right. So we deal with the diagonals, which you know. Yes. So for me, in, in layman's terms, it makes sense. The whole body is connected. You know, if there's pain in the front, it could well be caused by something that's going on further back. Oh, yeah. And uh, it, what's interesting and fascinating about this and all the years of me doing this, and I say, you know, I'll never get the day when I get tired of seeing these amazing changes, when you just treat the head of a horse and you see the dramatic change through the whole body, because the thing that's left out of most horses is the head. We don't look at the head enough. And where's the majority of pressure on our horses? Uh-huh. The two places are the back, but the larger place of pressure is on the head of the horse. So then we end up with these things that are mysteries, head shaking, cribbing, behavioral issues. But we need to understand that their head is no different than ours. It's made of bone. It's got soft tissue. It's got nerve supply, blood supply. The brain sits there. So when things get distorted there, it's going to affect the overall body. And we do know as, as basics, you know, very basic amateurs that we are, uh, because we're all learning all the time. We know we've got to have a yeah. saddler and we've got to make sure that the saddler fits the saddle properly and that his back's okay. But we never get yes. anyone out to say, can you just take a look at his head? How's his head doing? Yeah, exactly. Very <laughs> well spoken because it's true because we even look in their mouths, you know, nowadays to make sure their mouths are right. So. The head is all part of that. You know, the symmetry or lack of the symmetry from the pressures gives you vital information, which you could rule out a lot of problems if you see that. And that's where you come in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, then let's, you know. You know, hopefully so. <laughs> hopefully so, yeah. Well, uh, being English, we are quite nosy. So let's find out a little bit more about you. Bring and, it. <laughs> okay. And, and how did you, what made you start this? Um, I got into cranial sacral myself because I had suffered a severe neck injury snowboarding years oh, ago wow. and couldn't lift up my own head and neck uh, from a severe whiplash injury. So a friend, I lived in pain for a year and a friend, um, cause I was up in Alaska for the summer and somebody said, a close friend said, Oh, why did you try this therapy? Cranial sacral. I was like, ah, what's that? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, you know, went and had two sessions. And within those two sessions, I had my life back again. It was like wow. night and day. Yeah. So I was very intrigued, went to massage therapy school, went and studied cranial sacral thoroughly, taught it for humans for several years. And all around the same time, I got back into riding horses. I was given a foal at a friend, a colleague at the Times Ranch, her sister owned this beautiful ranch. And they, I was wanting to buy a horse and they said, oh, have this one. Well, come to find out he had a problem with his hind leg 
And I was like, oh, that's easy. Just do this. And I just did what I would on a human for him. And at the time, nothing existed in the equine world on cranial sacral for horses. It was just so organic and natural. And he started to improve. And before you know it, people heard. It's the strangest <laughs> thing because people started like talking about this, like she's doing horses, you know, it was like the whisper <laughs> through the village. And then I'd get phone calls and contacts and connected with this vet and the colleague said, well, if you love this, you know, do something with it. So I did. And I created the most extensive program worldwide people could study under uh, for horses and dogs. So you teach other people how to do it on their own horses and to actually be a, a, a therapist or a consultant? Yeah, yeah, largely. Yeah. So, I mean, I train from veterinarians all the way down, physiotherapists, chiropractors, equine dentists, you know whatever their profession is, equine massage therapists. Yeah. That's amazing. And so, now you're completely fine. You know, you can walk, you can ride, you can ski, yeah. you can snowboard. Yeah. yeah. I could get wild again. <laughs> oh, okay. And, and where are you? That's a big one, Amy. <laughs> and where are you? Where, where exactly are you located? Because it does look beautiful where you are. And um, I'm freezing cold. I finally put a heavy weight, <laughs> heavy weight rug on my horse. I finally gave oh in tonight. God. It's freezing. Yeah. But you look lovely where I love you are. It. Yeah, San Diego, California. We are fortunate with our weather. So, yeah. And is that quite... It's always nice to have a place to come back to that's lovely after traveling the world all year. Yeah. So, do you, do you travel over to the UK? I do. I come over a couple of times a year for teaching and treating horses. Oh, so we could actually book in a clinic with you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. It'd be <laughs> great fun because what's interesting, and I'm going to divert a little bit, but I heard, I was listening to one of your other um, interviews mm -hmm. with the bit expert and a woman before that named Laura, and you were talking about your horse. And yes. it really, you know, came to my brain. I was like, I got to talk to you about posture versus confirmation in this episode as well, because, you know, there's subtle things that if you guys learn as horse owners to look for, you know, you could because the vets are important and they need to work through any diagnostic severe issues. But, you know, these are bigger pieces here that if you guys can learn to look for the difference between a postural issue and confirmation and understand that how our perception is of what we perceive as confirmation have been brainwashed to perceive as breeding issues are truly not their horses out of balance, like you were saying in the interview. Oh, and, this because I was yeah. talking. I was talking about my horse and his and his yeah. issues and how he he couldn't canter when he was. Fought. I'm just going to yes. summarize for, yeah, for people that haven't heard the original interview. But um, yeah, Blackjack was four years old when I bought him. He, yeah, just turned four when I bought him, and everyone told me that he couldn't canter because it was his breeding because he was a Frisian cross Gelderlander. Yeah, no, and yeah. maybe I don't know. Maybe it's because I I came into it with a with I was a complete amateur and I hadn't been sure. taught as a child growing up. Up, you know the horses have to do these things my my common sense head said well that's crazy he can canter around the field of course yeah. he can canter and it turned out <laughs> he had a severe injury and that's the reason why he couldn't do it so you're saying that there are other things that I could have done to have helped him canter yes because part of so cranial sacral is unique to the fact of how we address the body in a treatment yeah mm -hmm. but it's also learning the compensation patterns that occur in our horses and what has happened through history and time is those compensation patterns has been deemed as confirmations in horses. Right. Sickle hawks, long backs, U-necks, yeah? Mm -hmm. Over on the forehand. Where I was one of the first primary people, and, you know, I grew up with the same thing, and I was saying, no, it's actually horses out of balance. These are postural issues. This is not a breeding issue. 
So part of that, if you knew that there, because the horse can't canter because, like you were saying earlier, hind end issue, foreleg issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. So what they're doing is compensating. So the hind end's not working in the canter. Yes. So, yeah. So it's really, you got to bring the horse back on there, but also cranial compression could be an element in there that's affecting the hind end. So, you know, two things, we got to understand the difference, rethinking our thoughts of equine conformation, that it's not these breeding things, you know, horses don't come in with these gigantic long backs. (laughs) Out of compensation, they adjust themselves, which is their intelligence to compensate because they are in pain, or they are, you know, having problems with loading on a leg so they're like well if I do this I'm more comfortable (laughs) yes which to me is intelligence so then you know the injury happened to your horse and then your horse compensated and that's where he couldn't canter Uh uh-huh he can canter now does that make sense (laughs) yes yeah well that's what I was was loving your interview that you did so beautiful thank you yeah no he can canter and buck (laughs) which he couldn't do before (laughs) you know make you a better rider yeah it will definitely I hope so as long as I stay on that's the main thing so do you have horses yourself now presently no um in the last several years no because i've been traveling a lot Mm -hmm. um and being in san diego uh we don't have pastures like you all have so for me that's a big thing about having a horse so i need to truly buy my own facility down here to do that because i'm not one to just have a horse and stick it in a box Mm -hmm. i love when they can be like they are in england and i'm better off having a horse in england and you know, one in the Netherlands where I travel all the time or, you know, Australia. So, you know, maybe I'd get more riding in truthfully. <laughs> oh, bless you. <laughs> so, so tell me then, if we're, if we're looking at our horse now, what would we need to be looking at to see if there could be a possible cranial issue? Okay, the simplest thing for anyone would be looking at the symmetry of your horse's face. Oh, yeah. yeah. So when I say symmetry, I'm talking the balance, the eye level, the facial structure difference, the ear position. Does one side of the nose drop more than the other? Because those are all your basic juicy clues that there has been an old injury besides the fact when you touch and you see a dent or um, you visually see a dent or you touch and you could feel it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. So those are it. Besides, you know, more would be palpating. We could further that to like TMJ issues where you palpate your horse's, um, the jaw muscle on your horse, yeah. which is called the masseter muscle. And that's a whole nother, taking it a step further because that's part of cranial assessment as well. Okay. So when you're looking at their facial features, is this at rest when they're in the field or is this when they're being ridden? Um, when they're just standing still, because then you're going to see it more clearly. So I don't care if it's in the field, in the barn, you know. Okay. wherever it's just so they're standing you can have a halter on halter not but you'll see the they're the beautiful thing about them is they'll truly organize to who they are they they're not going to go oh you know <laughs> turn their head a little bit to be like change it on you mm-hmm. so it's the information's right there in front of you if we look this is really interesting because i was in Hertfordshire for a year and a beautiful yard there and it was lovely people that really cared for their horses there was this one horse that would head shake he just started head shaking uh-huh. for no reason. He had a bit of an issue being ridden. Um, he threw in a few bucks. Generally, he was quite a calm horse, but he was a bit crazy being ridden. And they got the vet out. They couldn't work out what was wrong with him. They did the teeth. They did um, his back. They had his back checked. They had his feet. They had everything checked. It turned out, it took, it took a good few months to work out what it was. It turned out it was yeah. his TMJ. 
and they said yeah. there wasn't much that they could actually do to help him so the vet it was like it was almost like his jaw was broken it, it locked out of yeah. joint okay he got put down and I, there was I'll part this. of me, I, you don't want to judge ever, ever want to judge someone else's decision at all. But there was a part of me that thought, is there something else we could do to help put this jaw back in place or to help help him recover? Yeah, I will say this, depending, every case is unique to, you know, to who they are. So to me, the first thing is diagnostics, x-rays, yeah, which the person had done. But I would like to have had suggested if they were my client, an x-ray or, or have the vet, you know, talk with the vet and say, okay, have you done an x-ray? Because the T, this is the thing, a lot of that is truly musculature. It would take a hell of a blow, and it doesn't mean that it didn't happen to this horse, mm. uh, you know, severe injury to dislocate that. But a severe pullback can end up affecting the TMJ because it works together. So what happens in a large percentage of these horses is the majority of horses have TMJ issues because where's our pressure? It's a bit in their mouth. So every time we put pressure on their mouth, they're constantly contracting their jaw against that. Uh then their muscle tightens and several muscles are working to do this. So their muscles are in constant contraction, especially the harder you pull on the mouth, the more contraction they're going to put pressure on there because their muscle is very strong. It's, I think, 700 pounds of pressure per square inch that they could pull against. So if you add that with accident and injury, the TMJ is going to get tender and sore and problems. So I don't know this case. You're, you know, if I saw the horse, I mm-hmm. could give you different information. But to me, a lot of it, simple things when I get these desperate emails, phone calls from around the world. And I just say, go out, see your horse, feel the soft tissue first. Send me a video, you know, even of watching the horse chew. Because if a horse can chew, that's positive. That means, you know, it's not fractured because there could have been a fractured condyle. I don't know in this case, which is the part of the jaw that attaches to the head. But if they're, I mean, it's, I've dissected a lot of horses' heads. That's a prerequisite in my program for people and their learning so they can understand this anatomy because it's pretty fat. It's so fascinating, truthfully. And it's like architecture. And that encapsulation of the TMJ is very strong in the way it's supported and designed. So, you know, to me, you know, I would have seeked out this therapy specifically for that horse and understood it because it's uh, there's such a lack of understanding of the TMJ and the function and the muscles and how it all works together. Because even all of our dentistry wearing patterns in our horse's mouths are from tight muscles, mm-hmm. but it's not looked at and talked about. You know, it's like just get the dentist in. And yes, you need them to take care of those problems in there, but long term solution is taking care of the soft tissue with cranial sacral. And, you know, it's become quite a big thing over here in the UK now to have a horse masseuse you know you have their back massage yeah, yeah. their muscles relaxed right up to their neck but it's the same story yep. it's right up to the neck down to yeah. the bum but it's not the head so I I, yeah. I I do agree with you yeah every every horse is different every situation is different I was just interested I guess to see if something as severe as that could be helped with with your work and what you do yes I, I mean I get a lot of I receive desperate emails phone calls from all around the world constantly and they've been through all the diagnostics they tried every therapy and it's not to disregard those therapies but you'd need to understand the tool of choice because certain tools are going to be more effective but especially cranial stuff because it's not looked at and understood 
that's my specialty. So that's a big part of working with the whole body. So you need to look at that, the musculature and the tension, because it's not normal. Their head is no different than ours. The only difference is, you know, they don't speak German or <laughs> English or, you know what I'm saying, or Australian or whatever. And the anatomically, it's all the same. So these pressures and the damage that's happening, the pullbacks, I mean, that would have been like my neck when I had my snowboarding accident. Mm -hmm. A horse has a severe pullback. But, you know, then that fight happens or the horse is off or they have a behavioral issue. But there's that disconnect with connecting it to the pullback for a certain percentage of people where it's like, no, that was pretty severe. You know, and I've had horses that couldn't even move their head left to right after mm -hmm. a pullback. And that's significant. And quite often we put it down to we need a stronger bit. We need a harder bit. You know, they're just being naughty. That, But actually, they're probably in pain somewhere. There's something not right that's yes. going on. It's just it's just eliminating every single thing that it could be until we find out what it is that's wrong with them. But your treatment and, and your therapy can actually help with the legs as well. Oh, yeah, full on. So how would that work? Well, the head, what's interesting is the body is... A a micro and macrocosm so the tmj of your horse yeah if you were to grit your jaw tight and you held your jaw tight you know like oh i'll tell you but you're holding it in yeah your neck locks your upper shoulders lock all the way to your back yeah yes so the difference is is we have a choice to hold our jaw like that the horse does not have the choice and that's from muscle contraction against the pressures mm -hmm. so that sooner or later is going to affect the biomechanics yeah yeah because mm -hmm. most people's tension in their tmj is emotional oh, unless really? you've had a head drama oh yeah. yeah yeah so does that mean it's emotional for the horses they're not in the way we hold it because you could be pissed off at your mother from Christmas, you know, seven years ago and you're holding it in. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Where a horse isn't going, God, Sally ate my hay yesterday. I'm really pissed off at her. You know, it's a different, they have emotion, but it's totally different, Amy. Totally different. Okay, so most of it could well be related down to down to the pressures that we put on their head, the way that we ask them to work, holding their head down, pulling them in. Yes, because every horse, I'd say, this is what I say in my confirmation. I made a video, Confirmation versus Posture, Myths Unveiled, because mm -hmm. I was unveiling these myths about confirmation. And I say in there, 98% of horses overload on the forehand. 98%. The 2% I leave room for are the foals that come in the world that are balanced. <laughs> ah, yeah? yeah. And a certain percentage of foals don't even come in balanced because we either yanked on them or there was a problem, right? Mm -hmm. So going back to the leg issue as well, you know, the cranium could be a big part of it. But also once they've had an injury, you have a horse cast in the stall, you start this compensation pattern, just like a human. If you twist your right hind right listen to me right hind leg <laughs> if you twist your right leg you overload on the left and then sooner or later because their quadrupeds wear bipeds they load up on their forehand and as they load up on their forehand that's where 98 percent of horses overload on their forehand come from because the hind end isn't working properly it's out of balance mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah yeah perfect sense so i guess there's an element of retraining them then to rebalance themselves what's beautiful is no they will the body loves balance, and if you give it an opportunity to bring balance back, it will come back like this. It's more mm. their brain to organize to the new movement. To me, a lot of the accidents that happen or, uh, you know, you see one of my favorite things to do is come to badminton, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. and go <laughs> watch, and oh my God, the edginess of the cross country. But what happens is the majority, 98% of horses are out of balance. So the rider's always compensating for the horse being out of balance, like keeping it together, you know, holding the leg in. 
But that's only because they're not posturally in balance. So once you give their body, you know how it opens up with the head with the body, mm-hmm. the balance organically comes back. And that's the beautiful thing. So how do you do that? Just with hands, understanding <laughs> how to unglue things. Because it's truly comes down to muscular skeletal adhesions. So once the tissue gets tight, compensated, it pulls on the bones and structure. So whether it's the head, yeah, or the hind end mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. ribs or the front. It's just understanding how to unravel it. And once you know how to release that, then the body in its intelligence again wants to find balance. So are there other signs then, like if a horse is chewing a lot? I mean, not just chewing in work, but, you know, really chewing hard down on the bit more than normal. Um, Chewing fence posts, chewing sticks, chewing lead ropes. Yeah. And also, if they uh, I quite often see, because I often see horses chewing, and I also see them lean to their head to one side when they're being ridden. And the owners would say, you know, I've had his teeth checked, I've had the vet out, there's nothing wrong with him. Right. But see, that's in their world, there's nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. Because their world looks at things, and it's not to disregard what the vets are saying, but it's understanding they're there to look, look at specific things, yeah? yeah? Yeah. And we want them to rule things out because then if they find something, that means there's something deeper. The rest of it is muscular, skeletal imbalance. Tension on the one side of the jaw muscle more than the other, it'll rotate the head. The horse has had a blow to the head significantly. That's going to disorganize the head. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you twisted your ankle. Your pelvis will rotate. Yeah. 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 Or somebody say, oh, you got a shorter leg, Amy, from that, you know, <laughs> but your leg's not truly shorter, but it appears to be because the muscle compensation. So it's looking at all of this in a new way because it's truly from compensation and tension. It's incredible. Yeah, you know, I'm like, I want you here now. <laughs> oh, well, give me a few more months. Let it warm up over there, Amy. <laughs> it's because it makes so much sense. When you explain yes. it and we understand it, then you're like, how yes. have we not even thought of this before? Well, timing is everything, you know, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. You know, it just made a lot of sense to me as I was going through treating horses and now for 18 years and, you know, challenging these beliefs, you know, that I grew up with, this is confirmation. And I was like, well, no, that's changing all the time. And I've taken photos of horses before and after for years. And in a workshop, sometimes we treat 16 to 20 horses in workshops and you see these dramatic changes. So it keeps reconfirming this. And this isn't have, you know, this isn't just one year. This is like consistently. So my thing is the only thing we've had to teach us about horses and their balance is horses out of balance because they were all used for war and work through centuries. Ah, yeah? yes, yes. So all these horses would have had accidents and injuries. So that's where all of a sudden they started getting these things that people associated with breeding, you know, long mm-hmm. back, sickle hawks, whatever it may be. And it's not. It's the horse's intelligence to say, i got to find balance here. i got to find comfort. So we need to challenge those beliefs to be able to move forward to realize their compensation patterns, their postural issues. And once you get that solid basis, you could help any horse get back into balance, you know, as long as there's nothing severe, like a bony change, you know, a severe fracture. But truthfully, majority of horses are rehabable very well. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So in your workshops then, do people bring along their own horses and you work on all of them or do you teach them how to work on their own? They can bring their own horse with them to a clinic. I encourage that because one, you're getting the bang for the buck (laughs) what you're investing in your, you know, and I encourage that because you also learn, you get to see your horse and you get to, you know, carry on with the work specifically with your horse. If you can't, we have plenty of horses that people will haul in from all around parts of the country or wherever (laughs) we are. You know, they want to squeeze more horses in because they see the change. Especially, you know, if I'm doing a clinic for the first time in one place, you know, and they're like, whoa, because they don't know what to expect, Mm. you know, because it's still a new word, even though I've been doing this for 17 years, it's, you know, how to bring it slowly into, I need to call Oprah because she she touches (laughs) it and it will come more into the commonplace, right? (laughs) But it's the more it can get into the mainstream, which it has, then, you know, it's going to be more available to help a lot of these scenarios. So yes, bring your horse to a clinic, please. (laughs) And does it work after once you can have one session and you'll notice a difference straight away? Yes, very significantly so. That's amazing. And what kind of, how much are we looking at? What sort of prices are these sessions? A student charges, I guess, you know, I've heard from 80 pounds up to 200 pounds over in the UK. Okay. So it just depends on their training, you know, their years of experience. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm definitely in a different position. Well, you're in a different, of course, you you created it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so, you're, you know, the, you're the but, celebrity maureen if we get you well like... <laughs> oh thanks amy there we go thank oh, you so it's just so that we have an idea some sort of ballpark figure of what we'd be looking at and i think 80 pounds is realistic and if you've got a more intense you know if you want someone that's more experienced then of course you're going to pay for that so it's good the yeah, point it's... is it's affordable it's not thousands of pounds it's nothing no, to no, be no. scared of it's no. it's good yeah yeah and i'll say this investing that money you know in your horse to get in balance like here's this is the perfect time for competitive riders to take an opportunity to bring balance to their horse because they're not in hard regular work yet they're pretty much out in the pasture they may be riding them here and there light stuff you know what i'm saying but Mm -hmm. it's this is like the perfect time to invest your time and money into getting a horse balanced for upcoming competitive seasons. Don't you sit there at competitions and think, oh my God, just let me on that horse, please. Let me fix it. <laughs> You've no idea many how times, broken. Many times, <laughs> many times. Because I, I see it all the time. And, you know, that's where I get excited and passionate about bringing out more information, these interviews, because first we got to understand it's not a confirmational issues. And too many horses get thrown away thinking it's confirmation. It's mm-hmm. posture. You know, 
And it's learning how to unravel the body to bring the balance back. So I do have those moments where I've seen it many times. I was like, oh, my God, uh -uh." you know, I hear the commentators, which is more entertaining to me. It's like, oh, good God, you know, (laughs) there it goes. And it's so funny. And I love the English commentators because they have the best things they say, which make me laugh because it's like, oh, I don't have a good one on the top of my head, but I find it entertaining. Because it's like, no, it's just another horse out of balance. But they make it sound so dramatic, Mm -hmm. you know, when the horse is like slow across the cross country course or having a difficult time. Yeah, He's having a jolly bad day today. He needs a rod up his ass. (laughs) And it's it's not that. It's like, okay, no, but I love it because what, what I would love to do is get bites out of these moments from Babington or Burley, you know, any mm. horse trial, because it's so funny to listen, because it's like, no, it just, you know, a horse <laughs> out of balance. But I love it. It's truly entertaining. And that's only ultimately, you know, if it's more balanced, it's only going to help their, their riding, it's going to help the horse, it's going to help them get higher in competitions and score better. Incredibly so. And um, Sharon Hunt, I actually treated Tankerstown for her several years ago. Yeah. And uh, I, when she was having problems with him and he locked up in the start at badminton, I think mm-hmm. it was 2012-ish. So anyway, she seeked me out and she ended up winning Germany. Wow. So how, how often did you have to treat that horse? Was it a regular thing? Uh, no, I treated him when it all happened at badminton. I went back with her and I said, let's go look at him, see where he's at. And I you just did a quick assessment, treated him some, you know, to give her feedback. Like, this is what I'm finding. And, you know, this is what's possible because she couldn't finish because mm. he lost, you know. So anyway, so then um, in a t- this is the amazing thing about cranial sacral. Because you're combining the head with the body and the treatment. I treated him in total five times in a year. Wow. So we did the first session that was May, and then I did two more sessions, like September, August it was. And then um, it was the following March, I did another one, and then another one in May. And then um, she started her competitive season, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, the exciting thing is you see these horses get balanced, and it's done with uh, – their work is done without effort. It's effortless <laughs> for them because they're balanced. And I you know, would say to Sharon, I was like, he's going to have more power, you know, because he would. He's more balanced. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, and for him, his dressage scores were always seemed like the weaker part of his competition in the eventing world. And those started to improve because his body moved better. Mm. So, you know, he's a great example of what's possible. And I feel that if people knew that they could, horses could be more balanced for these competitions, that the industry could be totally different than what we have in these horses and they would come back more healthy and solid and get, keep them in, you do the balance in their bodies and they don't have joint issues. You know, they don't age as hard as some of these horses age. Um, and you keep them healthy through their lives, which is awesome. And they'll, but surely they'll be more relaxed as well because they're not feeling the tension and they're not feeling the pressure. So they might even exactly. be a bit calmer and, and softer, which is what we look for a lot. Yeah, and the, I mean, it's kind of like you're battling these two things because you want that, but when their body's out of balance and exactly what you're saying, t- the tension's there, you know, we work and there's more repetition. So people think it's a lot of times a training, we got to train it. It's like, no, if you stop for a moment and mm-hmm. relook at this and you did, say, two or three cranial sacral sessions on a horse, definitely two, you'd have a whole different horse to train with. quicker than what you would in the time you are trying to get this horse and straighten it out because he's got this compensation pattern and he's pulling one way or not taking the canter 
Yeah, mm. or falling out or whichever. Yeah, difficulty with the jump. Spooking horses, great one with cranial sacral. Oh, really? How, how can you help them for spooking? Because, again, that's from cranial compression. So once you've ruled out any other possibility, like an eye issue, there's a problem with the eye. The vet comes out, checks the eye. Mm-hmm. It's truly from bone compression. So if I had a baseball hat on, yeah, yeah, because the where the eyes are on the horse, those are two. It's one bone but two halves. So if there's a blow to one of those bones, it's like a baseball hat, and it pushes down, so it impedes the visual field. So the eye can't move properly to the with the head and neck. So what the horse, again, in its intelligence does is reorganizes itself to be able to perceive what's there. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's, again, their intelligence. What in, I see this time and time again, and I have for years in clinics and in private consultations, where we do the cranial work, the horse isn't spooking because you're decompressing the bones. The eye can move properly in the orbit of the eye. What if they haven't had a, an injury? What if they haven't been hit or kicked or... But there's still there's still something not right with them. I'd be really surprised. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So they don't They're only going to react because something's happened, and it could be something small. It could be something big. But yep. going back to the horse in Hertfordshire, there was no kick. There was no. There was no injury. Like there was no scratching of the face. Yeah, but there's no visible sign. So you know, if we ask that person, I don't know what was the age of that horse. Uh, I think it's about nineteen, twenty. Yeah. So that horse is, yeah, but he's been ridden. You Mm -hmm. know, he's had bit in the mouth. Yeah. He would have had a pullback without a doubt. Yes. And see, it all adds up. See, that's the thing is to understand is that it's always adding up. It's never just this separate incident. You may have the one incident that pushes it over, like clients who've had head shakers. You know, the horse probably had signs of it before, but they weren't looking for it. It was small. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, they've either had dentistry that was bad, where they flattened the angle in the horse's mouth, or the horse had a bit in the mouth, the bit got stuck on the post and pulled on the horse's jaw and did severe damage, or the horse had a severe pullback, and then all of a sudden, he's a full-blown head shaker. So Ah. there's always seeing the little signs before, and that's where it's important to learn to see your cranial symmetry in your horse's head and face. Yeah, yeah. Because if you see that ahead of time, like just the other day, I treated a new client's horse. You know, they contacted me for one of their horses, which is a top cutting horse who is a head shaker. He couldn't go to the national event because his head shaking got so bad. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they were blown away to everything. And they've had hundreds of thousands of dollars spent on diagnostics. And they were blown away when I just came out and showed them what I would do and assess the head. And they're like, wow, it makes so much sense because he showed previous indications of damage to the jaw. He definitely had a big head trauma, severe pullback. So it all adds up, mm. yeah, because it's compression. But the point is, you don't necessarily, it's not necessarily like you go to the field one day and you realize your horse has been kicked or it hasn't been kicked, it's yeah, suddenly doing yeah. this. It's yeah. over a period of time. It's just we've got to learn how to notice those little things. Exactly. And you do that, Amy, you'll save so much time and energy in the whole picture with your horse, because a lot of it is just observing those simple things. It's no different than looking at your horse and go, God, the hooves look different or, you know, (laughs) God, he's spitting out his food. It's just because we're not used to looking at the head, but we need to because it's as important as looking at their legs when you're feeling them for injury, you know, or you're going, God, that doesn't look right. Mm. You got to check out their head because they could have done something that you're unaware of as early as six months. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden that's where your problem starts to happen when you start to bring them into work. 
and they're having difficulty in training. So let's take a youngster, for example, then, okay. that um, you are trying to teach to be balanced. You've just backed him and you want to teach him to, to be a balanced horse. Yep. That still takes training. It's not that, you know, it's not like you could come along and we're just going to jump on and he's going to be amazing and balanced. We still have to do that training to keep them balanced and to teach them. We're going to be teaching them as what we want and how we communicate with them as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, again, if there if there's a balanced horse who's come in beautifully balanced and stays that way, it's going to be a whole different puzzle. And it's a very rare moment to have that. Most people strive for that. They go, I'm going to start breeding my own horses because I keep buying this, these other horses and they're all screwed up, right? You yeah. do it all the time. And then I laugh because sooner or later they start to have problems. And I was like, you got to still take care of it because it's no different. That first twist of your ankle, your body's out of balance for you. The horse has a small trauma, what is cast in the stall, slipped in the paddock. Yeah, mm -hmm. the hit to the head, whatever it may be early on, the puzzle's already starting out of balance. So, you know, horses are horses. We put them in barns that are maybe not fitting properly for them. So they go in the <laughs> stall. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, especially in the UK, I don't know. Oh, somewhere tiny in, stables. Exactly. Stables. Like, <laughs> it's like then they put the shire in there and, I'm, you know, then they're like, oh, the horse keeps hitting its head. Well, yeah, but we want to avoid that. <laughs> and the, to the deficit of the horse, because they're strong. You know, they can override those things. And we see it a lot. We mm. see it all the time. It's really, oh, really exciting. It is. It's truly exciting. I'm very passionate about what I do because I get excited because I know these changes and what's possible. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's the exciting thing. So we've looked at the bits um, and we've looked at any leg damage or, or back mm -hmm. injuries. What about the bridle? Are we looking at the pole? Um, should we? You want to look pressure? at how the bridle fits because to me, the biggest thing with most bridles is they put a lot of pressure up by the ear. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the ear, I think it, I want to say it's 10 muscles per ear. But again, if it's pushed right up against your horse's ears, it's mm -hmm. not going to sit comfortably for them. No. So, you know, bridle's important to look at a bit. And again, that great interview you did with the bit expert guy. Matt, you know, yeah, Matt Waterworth. Matt he was amazing. Lovely. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That is so important. But besides that, you got to look at the symmetry of the head with the body and how the horse is out of balance. Because our specialty is the specific focus of the head. But we always look at the whole body with that, like, how are they standing? How are they organizing? Can they turn their head left to right, right to left? You know, does your horse duck out? Meaning, do they pull, go down away from the contact? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do they turn as easily right to left? So it's all these and there's many more to look for. You know, do they always stand with one leg forward or different when they're grazing? Because those are all signs of what you're going to feel biomechanically and competitively in your horses. Because those are signs of problems. Hoof growth, big one. A lot of people think confirmation, you know, that's a confirmational issue. It's actually how the horse loads and is biomechanically using its body that's dictating how that hoof grows. So when our hooves are all out of balance on our horses, that's all indicative of postural imbalance. So I guess you'd be able to tell them which parts of the horse he, he's struggling with based on how flat his hoof is or how upright or totally. whether there's more wear and tear on the left-hand side or the right-hand side. Totally. Yep, yep. So it could, we could do with the farriers learning this as well then, couldn't we really? Oh yeah, I love when I get those guys to come on board in equine dentist because recently um, created a new class called Hooves, Hind Ends and Heads. And to me, my students need to know about hooves and, you know, the basic anatomy, but also how that hoof is growing 
is dictative of the compensation pattern that exists. It's nothing but. So the farrier hoping or the barefoot trimmer hopefully doing the great job, which they ought to be. Mm-hmm. But if they are reaching a limitation, that's from compensation. That's not anything but. So would you say that then most of the issues that we are, we struggle with as horse owners in, in training them and teaching them and riding them and competing them is the confirmation problem, is the difference between the confirmation and posture? I mean, if you realize that what we believe and have believed for hundreds of years, because we've had out of balance horses to teach us about balance, Mm -hmm. until you really understand that, then you can move forward once we grab that and realize it's just a horse out of balance. How do we bring that balance back? And I mean, unless you've had the one off weird breeding genetically predisposed issue, which is a possibility, mm-hmm. but that is so small in the big picture where it truly comes down to that, Amy, realizing that our perception of confirmation is not exactly what we believe it is. That's the only thing that's confirmation that you could associate truly with breeding is the bone length, the bone density of your horse. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The hair color, the mane, you know, the, the structure of the head, like a Shire's head is different than an Arab's head. Yes. That's confirmation. Yeah. Yes. That it will change if there's distortion in the shape. That's from compression and compensation. That's different. But the Shire's head, if we would take a photo of one and put it next to an Arab's photo of a head, they're different in their confirmation. That's breeding, you know, their bone density. <laughs> It's just different. One's thicker, one's not. The Arab's a thinner bone. The video that you said that you made on on this whole subject, where can we find that? It's available on our website, Mm -hmm. uh, which is Mm equinecraniosacral.com. And I'll spell that out. And it's also, excitingly enough, just we got it up on Amazon for sale in the US. So that's hugely exciting. Oh, amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. So that was a push. I mean, I had to fight for that, but it's there. So we're excited. Because they're hard. They're really, Amazon are really hard to get onto. To sell yeah, anything. thank you. I, I was I was determined because <laughs> to me it's how to get the information to the mainstream people, and that is a big passionate part of my work. Yes. is empowerment of you know people who own horses. Because if you guys know what to look for, if it's you've ruled everything else out, look here, and you'll gives you a great basis. So the DVD, a great place to start. You'll learn a lot. I'll challenge you to rethink and what we believe and all grew up with and you know, I've learned for centuries and that's positive because then that means more horses can get help. Yeah, absolutely. What's on the DVD? Is it videos? Do you actually show examples of horses yep. with issues? Yeah, we, we go through the history aspect, how these horses out of balance have influenced our perception of horses through history. Mm-hmm. I show the pattern of the 98% of horses, how they overload on the forehand and from history, like, you know, having gone to the Royal Mews and all these different places you walk down and you see these, you go to Europe and you see all these great photos of the racehorses from the days of old and they're all showing this. So I was like, look at this pattern. It's here. And it's even in our present day horses. So we take a first part of the video is that. Then we go through different ways in the video of how to assess your own horse, because there's ways, if you know how to assess your horse, posturally, Mm -hmm. have it stand, look at the pattern palpation, different areas of the body to touch that are supposed to be healthy in a certain way. But if they feel tension, you you want to notice that yes. so you can make a change, yeah. right? Observation, observe how your horse chews, listen to how they walk, symmetry of the face, hoof growth, yeah, how the tail sits. And there's more bug reflex part mm-hmm. of that. 
Then, um, let's see, biomechanically, how does your horse move? Watching, because again, in this industry, they do trot-ups. Trot-ups hide everything. If you watch a horse walk up to a trot-up, Mm-hmm. You will see more of the problem at that moment in how it's affecting the horse. So the last one is what I call checking the diagonals. If 98% of horses overload on the front legs, which leads to the breaking down of the foreleg, yeah, suspensory damage, splints, yes. possible ring bone, etc., then we want to know what's out in the hind end and checking the diagonals, like you said in the beginning of this, the hind end, the front leg, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if we can check that, then we could see, oh, they're out of balance, something happened on that, you know, that's a deeper possible cause besides cranial compression combined with. So those are five ways we assess, you learn to assess your horse in the video. Then after that, I give hands-on techniques. It's not cranial sacral because cranial sacral is very complex mm. in understanding it because you're dealing with bone and nerves and blood supply and a lot of that. So, I, But what was important to me is, and I always give my clients, I don't care who they are. Sharon used to be fantastic hunt. She used to get in there and be like, what's going on with my horse? And want to know so I could give her stuff to break down the pattern. Mm -hmm. Because it's just understanding that pattern. And once you do simple techniques to break up the pattern, the compensation, and then you can maintain your horse, which is part of my excitement, in between consultations or, you know, pre-event. You want to get them a little extra help. And this is what's fantastic. And it's important that you were saying earlier about the different things in the head and the tissues and the blood and the the muscles is that we can't just go out tomorrow and say, right, I'm just going to touch a few places on the head and hope that, you know, we can actually cause damage. So we've we've got to be careful. And that's why we need someone that's qualified to be able to come out and, and actually assess the horse first. Yes, incredibly so, incredibly so. So what's the name of the DVD then? Find it on Amazon. It's called... Oh, um, it's called Confirmation Versus Posture Myths Unveiled. Okay, so a lot of it was unveiling the myths of our perceptions. I need to get on there and get one. <laughs> like, I'm not even, I'm not even Amy, Amy, I'm going to gift you one because oh, you're so passionate you. about this. Well, I do. I love learning. I love knowing more. And I love knowing more about the unknown of things that, you know, you've been doing it for 18 years. You've been doing it a really long time, but it's only just coming to the forefront now. And that's what I find fascinating is you've got a proven product here that's working and that it's just that not enough people know about it. And and I think that goes back to our conversation at the very beginning where I was saying my horse can't canter. There's something wrong with him. And everybody else, the whole world and his mother were saying, well, it's because he's a Christian. And I was going, no, that doesn't make sense. That's what I find so fascinating about you is you're going, well, there's this whole new world here that I've been doing quietly right and it's been working really well so you need to give it a go so no definitely i I think it's it's fascinating so we can get that on amazon Well, thank you thank you very much how can we follow you on twitter uh let's see equine cs is the handle Mm -hmm. and uh we're on twitter we're just on instagram all the social media my god yeah i need a whole (laughs) another lifetime i swear um equine cranial sacral is our handle on instagram and we just started that recently by the end of last year and uh, Facebook, we have a Facebook page, Equine Cranial Sacral Workshops is one of our page. I have a public figure page, Maureen Rogers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they cover different things. The DVD even has its own Facebook page nowadays because, oh, wow. again, it's to get these information out there and all different avenues because everyone finds something different. So, yeah. yeah. And then your website is equinecraniosacral.com. So you yes. can go on there as well. But we Please. will, also, we'll retweet any events that you've got. And are you coming Fantastic. over to Badminton this year? 
Always. I mean, that's one of the best events in the equine industry, as far as I'm concerned. And I've gone to different horse races, but the badminton takes it for well, me. Well, I'm going to badminton too. So oh, fantastic. We, should, we should get together and um, maybe on one of the cross-country courses and see if we can spot the ones that need help. And I'll yeah, send no, that'd you be out. fabulous. It'd be entertaining. It's amazing when you see him in that place because you'll see how much change still needs to happen in this industry and it's exciting there's loads but not even just in cross country i mean i went to a a really i mean i i know nothing maureen i'm not gonna lie and pretend i'm an expert i'm not and i and i come in with but i love that even more amy because that means you're so much more open I'm like a child, which is awesome. <laughs> a little sponge. Yes. Um, I found it fascinating. I went to this really high-end dressage competition and I feel totally inadequate. I, I don't know. I'm not in this world. I'm very new to it. And yep. um, it seems like everybody knows what they're doing and they, they all know what they're supposed to be doing. I mean, my first dressage competition, I was happy just to get all yep. the gear and no idea. I didn't care what we came because I had no idea right. what I was doing as long as we looked right. good. So I went to this dressage competition and I met all these amazing people. And after about an hour, I'm sat thinking, those horses to me look lame. Yeah. So I said to my friend, I'm not, I'm not being funny, but are they, are they like lame? I think, I think yeah. he thinks he's quietly. And there were probably about six out of 12 horses. No, no, more than that, actually. I'd probably say eight out of 12 horses that were not good. They yeah. were, they had yeah. something wrong with them. So for high-end competitions to have issues like that, yeah. We need to be doing more, even at our level, just to make sure that our horses are safe and they're well and, and we're not missing things. Totally. And that's where I love working with kids. And we'll do more of this in my future, without a doubt, because kids, they're the next generation. Mm-hmm. And they're very open to learning about their horse. And I've done this several places where I go and I teach where the kids are there riding in their pony clubs or whichever, you know, they're riding schools. And I've organized to come in and show them how to massage their ponies and do things. Mm-hmm. And if you get them there, that's the deeper way in changing the industry for the next generation. So, you know, as these groups start embracing that as part of their program, okay, you rode your horse, give it a little massage, huge, huge impact it'll have for the future of these horses. Because it's true what you're saying. You're there, you're watching. These are high level horses, but the more they're high level, the more stress is on them. So mm-hmm. you're going to see the majority of things happening that are out and wrong and compensations and lamenesses. So again, it's just bringing that awareness. Like they can compete and do what we ask beautifully when they're balanced. But unfortunately, as we hold on to the old beliefs of our perceptions, oh, it's just being a mare. Oh, we got to work it harder. Like you said in that first <laughs> interview with Laura, you know, that's what mm-hmm. people were saying. And it said, it said that's constant around the world. It's, you know, that's not true. The horse is out of balance. And that's the important thing we need to look at. Thank you so much for your time. We've done a whole Amy, episode. A true, <laughs> true, true pleasure. I wish there was more time. We could take it to, you know, new levels. TMJ, head shaking. Oh, my God. Well, maybe we should do it again. Maybe come over. When you're over in badminton, we'll get together. Yeah. And, sounds fabulous. And then we'll do a debrief on badminton. Okay. It sounds excellent. I love that. Amazing. Love Thank that. you so much. Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. I want to say a huge, huge thank you to a very special lady called Janet Moss and her husband, Pete. They own horseware. They were based in Waltham Abbey in Essex and they started in 1988. So they've been going years. And uh, we want to say good luck to you because you're retiring. And I know that everyone in Waltham Abbey is going to be really sad to see you go. But you've done so much for Horse Hour. If it wasn't for you, then we wouldn't have been able to build this community. And uh, you've been great supporters of the podcast as well. So thank you so much, Jan and Pete. I hope you have a really, really happy retirement.
Don't forget you can get involved with Horse Hour. Just hashtag Horse Hour with any of your tweets. You can also follow us at Horse Hour. You can share your experiences. You can share your charity and your events, your business, anything you want to talk about to do with equestrians, then hashtag Horse Hour. You can also follow me on Twitter. My name's Amy Stevenson and I'm at Amy Stevenson one I'll speak to you next week. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.